We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It seems like the rookie analysis starts a little bit earlier every year, but I, I'm all for it, Co- Cody Carpentier. I, you know what it is? Is that as Dynasty continues to grow and grow and grow, and you know, it's a year we always claim it's the best year round hobby, fantasy football year round. So, what's the wait? I mean, I remember last year when we had you on the Rotowire podcast, we were counting down our top 10 rookies in February, but you know, I mean, I'm sure that your perception will change a little bit after the senior bowl, but uh. Let's do it now. I, I went in January. Why not, right? Why not? That's the big question, right? It's 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 dynasty. It never sleeps. Uh, that is, if you're if you're if you're deep into it, um, yeah, you want to jump into these rookies as early as possible, watching them during the year, and then once you come to this process, right now, there's obviously multiple steps to it. Um, no matter how you kind of break down all these guys, but um, yeah, I think you need to earlier and earlier, the better, the better. The more you get to see these guys on tape, on in person, whatever it may be. It only can help your process, I believe. Yeah, I'm Alan Soslowski from Rotowire, and this is the Rotowire Dynasty podcast. We'll be live streaming every Monday on the Rotowire YouTube page, and of, of course, the audio version of this can be found in the Rotowire Fantasy Football uh, uh, podcast feed. And everyone's favorite guest on the Rotowire podcast seems to be <laughs> Cody Carpentier, but for good reason. For good reason. Uh, I, I think you are you've become one of the well not be you're one of the most trusted source in rookie analysis. Not only are you watching uh, college, you're looking at data. You're hey, you know what? Better yet, why don't you explain your rookie process and how it start? Like you're watching start from I watch. Do you watch a lot of college football? Because I it does you know you you take it. What's your process from start to finish as a general like a five step process of, or something like that? I watch enough football, college football. Um, obviously I work for playerprofiler.com and I have a lot of, a lot of tasks in season for the NFL side of everything, but I watch enough college football to where I have lists on, on paper, physical paper, where I just have sheets of paper laying around the house where when I'm watching the games, I'm writing down names, writing down names, writing down names, but I'm not like scouting in the season. I'm writing down names in the season and just kind of getting an eyeball feel a name feel for most of these guys. And then when December turns to January, um, that's really when the, the NFL season calms down. That's when I have time to actual sit, actually sit down and, and, and dive fully into these rookies and, and each specific guy watching their tape, looking at their numbers, all that stuff. I, I don't want to do an injustice and be like, well, I'm going ha- to watch a little bit back then and then a little bit now. I want to I fully di- de- 
dive deep into each specific guy. And that's kind of where I wait until the, the spring. So technically right now, um, watch these guys on film. That's the first step in my process. And then obviously we're going to the senior bowl one week from today, uh, with Alex Dunlap, trash man and the pod fathers coming down this year as well. Uh, from right from there, we come out of there going to the combine, uh, and then just watching everybody go through the pro days, go to a couple pro days. And it's just like a whole process where I've added those things, obviously in the last year, <clears throat> the in-person aspect where, you know, that goes into the dog reading. The dog reading is going to be officially released this year. Last year, Wait, I think don't, I like don't skim over that. Don't skim over that. What Cody just said there is the dog rating. This is a proprietary metric that Cody, yep. uh, you know, has created. And a dog rating, if I have it right, is is basically an, an, an intangible. Something that, like, is this player out there working? You know, you explain the dog rating. But if you had to describe a dog rating to my grandmother, how would you describe it? A dog rating simplified is a personality grade or an off-field, on-field mental aspect to everything where, you know, last year one of the highest graded guys was Damian Pierce coming in. One of the highest greatest got, greatest got, graded guys was George Pickens, and that's from the uh, dog rating scale. Isaiah Pacheco came in third at running back, tied for second with Kenneth Walker. Guys like that where you can – actually dive into like, you know, their social media, meeting them in person, watching their tape and watching their mannerisms and their, and how they attack things and how they react to coaching and all that different stuff. That's what really goes into dog rating. Um, and why I call it the dog rating is because I want, and this is just like a personal thing. It's like, I want a player that I, that I, you know, if, if one day I'm a general manager, I want to have a guy on my team that has that energy, that dog in him. I don't want nobody that's going to be you know, lazy, doesn't want to be coached, doesn't want to learn, doesn't want to do the next level things. And that's kind of why I, I it's, it, everybody has it. It's, it's an off field thing, but I just do a multitude of things, bring it together. And then it's a, it's like you said, it's a proprietary thing. And last year I only had like a top 50 uh, this year. It's going to be the whole, everybody that I grade is going to have a dog rating. And then that's going to be officially released on player profiler probably right after the combine because the big the big aspects in there is going to the senior bowl meeting these guys in person going to the combine meeting these guys in person having conversations asking them questions and kind of getting a feel for how they are outside of also just social media and also outside of just watching their film so that's a that's a big part of it that goes in there and then of course you have the athleticism grades that goes into the overall process uh that's you know, I take a pre-athletic grade watching on film and then a post-athletic grade, which is obviously the numbers that you see on player profiler from the combine and things like that. That's what all that goes into uh, my grading process for the spring. So I'm in a spot right now where I've got the film done. I've got a little bit of dog rating, like some feelers out there, but there's still a lot to go. That's kind of and, where I'm at. And that's why I thought it was important to capture uh, your top 10 right now. And when I say top 10, I'm just going to ask you about some some guys uh, all over yeah. the board. You know, we call it top 10, and this isn't necessarily Cody's rankings. These yep. are players that I want to know about that Cody's going to give me. And he's he's only, you know, 30% done with his process. I mean, this is early in there. So, you know, six months from now when you follow Cody on player, sorry, six weeks from now when you follow Cody on at Cody Carp uh, at Carpentier NFL, you're going to see his rankings are going to change. They're dynamic, and uh, again, one of the best follows for rookie uh, analysis. I would certainly go to him. It's everything's linked in the video description below. Uh, so let's get right to it. In you know, dynasty drafters are going to want to know. I mean, Bijan, even casual players know who Bijan Robinson is. The running back out of Texas. So really, I guess the question is. Is this the first rookie that everyone should draft in every format? And if so, why? 
Yes, it is. Yes, don't don't think twice uh, unless your team is completely trashed at quarterback, and you know you've got situations that are Zach Wilson, et cetera, and you, you just need that help. That's different. But most times you're going to take Bijan Robinson, six foot two fifteen. He did it all at Texas. Um, my play style comp for him. Uh, it's it's kind of you remember Cam Akers was as a prospect. It's what Cam Akers was supposed to be. It's that's that's really what he is. Everyone wants to comp him to Saquon and McCaffrey. He's he doesn't have that quite that level of athleticism that Saquon did that you know the Adrian Peter not Adrian Peter, the Jonathan Taylors did, and he's not quite the receiver that McCaffrey is. So you can't comp him to those hyper guys. But Cam Akers is a great a great uh, career arc comp. Mm. Uh, obviously not what he did in the NFL so far, but well, the, when he Cody the last the last month of the season, Cam Akers has earned himself to be a top twelve dynasty running back yeah. again. That but that's the thing. So like on the surface, people aren't thinking like, oh, Cam Akers is a good like because we've seen the last two years where it's just kind of went. Uh, and now it's starting to come back up and and I, I just again i don't think he gets the respect he should cam Akers, and i think that's a, a very stylistic comp for Bijan that he that should get some respect uh he rarely takes a play for negative yardage that's the biggest thing i took away from watching him on film um i think elite contact balance would be an underestimate understatement to be saying when you're talking about Bijan robinson i think he's got the best overall body control understanding of himself since Derrick Henry, when you're talking about watching him on film and how he attacks each running lane, how he attacks uh, maneuvering with the ball in his hand. When you watch Derrick Henry get the ball, it's almost like a slow motion process and you know exactly where he's going and he's going to hit that line. He's going to take that one step and, and it's, it's almost too smooth. And that's how Bijan runs. There, there's really not a lot of, of missteps in his, in his, uh, in his entire array of, of running the ball, elite contact balance. Like I said, elite vision, elite body control, everything is pretty, elite except for he just lacks that track speed that next level that third gear i guess i'd say and, and Bijan, he's he's as, as complete a back as you're going to get in this class i love listening to you talk about these guys man i can just, <laughs> you know the passion oozes out of you and this is also by the way strategically why i try to lock you down early on this podcast because not that you ever lose a passion for this but when yeah. you're talking about these guys over and over and over again it becomes repetitive i, I yeah. like opening the fresh can and you seeing, yeah, yeah, and I could see that glow off you. So again, I this is a treat for me. I know I speak for the Rotowire uh, Dynasty audience too, too. So thank you for for doing this. Uh, number two, Jameer Gibbs, running back out of Alabama. Uh, I think in most single QB formats, he's going to be the early consensus second guy. Who doesn't want running backs, young running backs? So before you break him down, just. I, I love comps and then yeah. who, so who's the easy like comp at this point for him. And then uh, what your it's, do you agree that he's the consensus 1.2 in single quarterback in single quarterback? I would not have him the consensus one Oh two, because I think the, there's some receivers in this class that I think belong in that conversation we'll again. Okay. The problem is that Jameer comes in at about 200 pounds. He might come in at 195. He's five eleven. He's got a good frame, but again, it's just as far as, playing fantasy football he's gonna be a ppr guy no doubt no doubt about that the, the comps you asked about play style comps everybody wants to say elvin Kamara because he got the mm -hmm. elvin Kamara mannerisms with the lower body is it Kamara a little bigger though cody that's, isn't he like that's that I'm, I, yeah that's a, okay. that's what i was kind of going into was like everybody's competent to Kamara. he's like oh it's Kamara light well he's got the mannerisms of Kamara with the lower body being able to evade tacklers and, and kind of just easily step through things and easily evade tacklers but it's more closer to james cook that's really what it is of last year and james cook was a, was a fantastic player as well out of georgia obviously had 40 plus receptions and now you've seen in buffalo there's there's spurts of of kind of what james cook can be looks literally just like his brother uh jameer though coming that's just, that's that's more closer to the comp for me it's it's 
I literally put James Cook times Elvin Kamara uh, mm. in in my in my play style comp, and that's going to be in the player profiler rookie guide about a month from today when that drops. Elite pass catcher without the ball as well as with uh, lower body athleticism, like I said with Elvin Kamara. That's really where you see it, and you, you turn the tape on with him, and that's the that's the clear thing. Some guys you turn it on, you're just waiting, you're just waiting. Some guys like Gibbs, you turn it on, it's like two plays in, you can just see it, and and mm. that's really what he is. His ability to pick up blitzers on the opposite side of the formation where you're lined up on the left and a blitzer's coming from the right side. Most running backs have trouble picking up a blitzer from their own side or up the middle, and he's moving all the way left to right, and he can pick up that guy. So he's going to be on the field in a lot of those important situations. Like what, uh, knocks- like what Jarek McKinnon did in that playoff game, right? You saw him come from right. Yeah, that that's. I mean, that's how you Huge. get on the. That's how you get on the field as a rookie, yeah. right? I mean, that's that. I mean, think about what you just said, Jarek McKinnon. That's why Clyde Edwards isn't on the field. Jarek McKinnon's on the field because he can do that, and he can and he can catch the ball, and he can run the ball. Right. That's why that's why that's so important. And you're going to see Jameer Gibbs get a lot of opportunities doing that. Uh, the reason I don't have him 102 is, like I said, 195, 200 pounds. Mm. It, his lower bodies. He looks like a wide receiver. That's the problem. He's, he's naturally upright stance. He plays. He lines up his technique. Everything is that of a wide receiver, but he's playing running back and he can. He can do a lot. He's just undersized. That's my only worry about him. Um, but I'd have him currently. My running back, is, too. Is, would you have would you running have back? Yeah, running back too, but like the 104 area. I'm okay. Thinking. So, you know, I, B. John Robinson, I wasn't convinced that somebody was going to take him in the first round. It sounds like that most of the credible mockers have him easily going in the first round. Uh, so B, I'm talking about B. John again. So yeah. I forgot to ask you, what teams do you think? I know there's a lot of move. This is a very rich free agency class for the veterans. So that uh, how they move around the board will determine who needs the running back. But just off the top of your head, I'm going to ask you for each of these guys. Who yeah. do you think is a, the most likely team to take uh, Bijan Robinson in round one? At what pick? I mean, Miami obviously had to forfeit their pick at twenty-one. Right. That that would have been a great spot for him as well. Um, Baltimore is always in in, in interest at running back position. Delvin Cook has out in his contract. Minnesota could always be in that conversation, uh, depending. Um, you're just looking down the board. Dallas obviously Pollard just went down. That looked like a freak injury yesterday. Hopefully he's going to be okay, but I I don't feel great about it. That would be one where he stays in Texas. I know Zeke has a has a little chance a chance to get uh, to leave Dallas. I don't know. I don't know. About, I think they like him. How about um? How about Philly? Uh, pick thirty Philly, or thirty one. Philly's the one, right? Philly's the one where it's like if he's going to go in round one, that's like obviously that's the back door because they're going to end up being if they end up in the Super Bowl, that's going to be end up where where it kind of closes. But um, yeah, I, I I like Philly as far as the team perspective, the team build from mm-hmm. fantasy perspective. I don't love it. Because oh, obviously you have Jalen Hurts and, and all that other stuff, but yeah, it's a. Um, I think he ends up being a, a first round pick. I think you have a, a couple a couple ways you can go with that. Like I said, Buffalo's kind of went away from Singletary as well. Do they trust James Cook as the guy? You know, Buffalo has a lot of ways they can go with this uh, this team that's been in the AFC division around AFC Championship. I think three years in a row now. Um, I think there is a way where Bijan backdoors himself into the first round. Jameer, on the other hand, I don't quite think, you know, if he was 205 pounds, I think we'd be having a different conversation. I think he yeah. would be considered more in the first round, but more I think of a, he's going to be a more of a top 50 pick for Jameer, like yeah. the top yeah. half of the first. Okay. And Correct. the re, you know, you, you brought up Buffalo for Bijan Robinson. The reason I don't think that that would be the spot and is that I think that they need a veteran bruiser. You yeah. know, I mean, there's so many guys yeah. out there that are going to be, you know, just, I, just, a ham and egger like Deontay Foreman, right? He'll he'll be able to help a team like that. And they already it's very it, it's rare. It's not impossible, but it's rare that you see a team draft a second round running back and then come back the next year and draft a first round running back. It would just it would be an outlier. Uh, not that they can't use Bijan Robinson, but with 
with the market so uh, plentiful with usable guys. I mean, even someone like Kareem Hunt is going to be able yep. to help a team. That would right. be an excellent one, to be honest. I mean, no, I know we're, t- we're talking rookies yeah, no, now, but that would be an excellent one where you'd bring in Kareem Hunt to, to kind of play alongside James Cook. Oh. Yeah, exactly. So the, that's what all this market is interesting because there's so many good players that can help a team and the price will not be outrageous outside of maybe Barkley and what Jacobs is going to watch because of the supply of running backs. So we'll get into that. And again, there's no even though we're, we're counting down Cody's top 10 rookies for dynasty fantasy football, there's nothing that says in the rule book that we can't pivot a little bit and talk some uh, some veteran free agency. I, I will bring up one thing though cuz you mentioned going back to back years uh with the with a running back early on. Buffalo if one team did do it, if you go back to 86, 87, 88, mm-hmm. they did take a running back first round, third round and then 1988 the third year they took Thurman Thomas in the second and then obviously they took Moss 4 years ago, Singletary 3 years ago, nobody 2 years ago and then uh cooked last year so they've they've been throwing the darts i just yep. uh, i will amend that i will amend that and say it's unusual for a team to go second round running back and then first round running back once you're in the yeah, third round yeah, yeah. it all bets are off right because yeah. third round fourth round fifth round it's very similar got, but you make a great point you make a great point they're not it's just a, that's just one thing that i remember from last year that i was like god they wouldn't really do it and then they did it and it was like but yeah, this team, I think they understand where they're at. I know we're talking about team building now, but this team, I think they understand they need some different pieces. It's not all about the running back position for this team. All right. If you love uh, rookie content, dynasty fantasy football, consider hitting the like button, subscribe to the channel, all that good stuff. Uh, and all right, let's continue down uh, counting down Cody's top 10 rookies for dynasty fantasy football. Now, you just said to me when I asked you if Jameer Gibbs was going to be the consensus one, too, you said, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's some receivers I like. So who's going to be your early top wide receiver on the board for 2023 rookie drafts? So the thing with this, with this receiver class is that there's multiple ways to look at it. And, and why the way I say that is in PPR, you're going to have a guy that's going to be number one in half PPR. You're going to have a different guy. that's going to be number one. And for the NFL, I'm going to have a different guy. That's number one, which is wild in my opinion. Um, But for PPR one QB, I'm going Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, the wide receiver from Ohio state, six foot, 197 pounds. Uh, You look back to 2021, he had 95 receptions, 1600 yards while playing with Marvin Harrison jr. As a freshman, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. We knew what Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson did last year. Um, They were wide receiver one, wide receiver two through the process as well. Jackson Smith and Jigba, like I said, six foot 197. He kind of fits the archetype, is what we've talked about over at Player Profiler for the last couple of years, where you're coming in that 5'11, six foot, six one. You're between 190, 205 pounds, and you just kind of you're 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 the new build of the NFL at the wide receiver position. And Jackson Smith and Jigba kind of does that. He works in the slot a ton uh, with great rapport with Stroud. That's kind of really what's kind of built him up. Obviously, in 2022, he only played in a, a, I think three games total. Had 43 yards. He had an injury, and I think he just kind of wanted to milk his way the rest of the way through the season. Uh, elite separator on inside and comeback routes. Uh, when it, I think when it comes to the speed, he's gonna be like a four five eight four six four guy in between there. But he's got this weird ability to separate with the ball downfield. Though he's not, he doesn't have an inkling of like hitting third gear. But mm-hmm. in his second gear is like full throttle all the way down and somebody's touching him and he's just got the ability to just keep scooting and keep pushing that guy off consistently, um, which is a, a, a telling thing. Um, his burst is limited, like I said, uh, but his, he's got enough of a skill and awareness of, of, for players around him to get past those guys and, and keep moving down the field. Jackson Smith, uh, I liked him more through the film than I did, I guess I'd say on, on tape. And, 
people will say, well, you had 1,600 yards last year. You should have liked him. He had 300 yards in his bowl game last year. Yeah, but um, I think his play style comps closer to Monroe St. Brown. You remember Monroe coming out? He was not a high-end prospect. Um, Jackson Smith, I think this this class – Overall, you're going to notice a trend when you start looking at these guys. Six foot, six foot, six foot, six foot, 180, 180, 190, 180. They're all little guys like this. And Jackson Smith is a guy that's coming in 200 pounds. He's got the six foot frame. He's got the targets. He's got the receptions and he can do it. He's going to be that that juju, that Amon Ra. That's that's where he's going to th- th- fit in. And in PPR, in one That's QB, gold. That's, that's gold. gold. So Exactly. Just to, I want to just make sure I understand what you said. You said there's three receivers. One of them in PPR leagues should, regardless of landing, I mean, obviously landing spot's going to play a little bit, but is most likely to be your first receiver off the for yeah. fantasy football. There's another one that you think will the real NFL will draft ahead of ahead of him. And then you talked about in formats that don't reward catches as much that there you would consider another guy. So I just want to make sure I'm going to guess here is the next two guys in that tier for you. Is it Quentin Johnson out of TCU and Jordan Addison out of USC? Are those three guys, the two I just said, plus uh, in Jigba, are those the three players that you have your eye on? Correct. Okay, so talk to me about Quentin Johnson then. So where does he fall in that hierarchy? Is he the half PPR one, or is he uh, more of a player that is just the NFL is going to fall in love with? I think the NFL is going to fall in love with him. Um, Quentin Johnson is an interesting one to watch. He looks like a small forward from the NBA playing football. He doesn't have a very big lower half. He's 6'4". I'm thinking DK Metcalf, but he comes in. He's probably going to come in at like 195. That's that's really that's slight. that's slight, slight for that build. That build, if he was 205, 210, you'd be having a different conversation, in my opinion. Um, Sydney Rice is where I went with a play style comp. Uh, for those that remember Sydney Rice, shout out Seattle, Minnesota. Wow. Uh, freaky athleticism. Rumors Wait, how about those who don't remember Sydney Rice since he wasn't a fan? Do you have anything else that's a little more, I don't want to call it modern day, but just a little bit more fantasy relevant? Because that is a great comp. I love that one. And I'm sure a lot of times. The, the reason is, is because like I think there's a, there's a, there's a great. Uh, ability for him to hit a ceiling. And you remember City Rice in 2009, mm. his third year in the league, 23 years old, 1,300 yards, eight touchdowns with Brett Favre in Minnesota. He had a couple 700-yard seasons, but he also had some bad seasons, and I think you're going to see that from Quentin. That's why uh, mm. I don't have him as that number one guy, and I think that there's – we've seen it. I know you don't want to scout the helmet or the, the conference, but we've seen it a lot from the, the Big 12 where it's it's either – you know a lot of them are not boom. A lot of them more are right. bust, but – Quinton, I, I really like him. Like I said, the athleticism is there. The athleticism is rumored to be 4-4, 40-inch vertical, things like that. I, I don't quite see the 4-4-4. I don't quite see the 40-inch vertical, but I do see uh, the ability to sit down on comebacks, turn around, move. He's got burst out of those comebacks. Um, he's got a bi- he's big play, big athleticism, and uh, he just can sometimes get lazy when the ball isn't targeted toward him or going to be going in his direction. And like I said, the lower half is just really what worries me is the lower half is very thin. And uh, I just wish he was about 10 pounds heavier. Right. So you believe that he has a good chance of becoming the first receiver, that he's the first receiver off the board. Just looking at the draft order, I mean, is so many different places where he could yeah. go. Who do you think uh, ultimately pulls the trigger for uh, for Johnson? Johnson's a really interesting guy. Where he goes is going to be fully, I think, dependent on, on how his athleticism goes. If he does come in at 6'3", 193, it's not 193. Say it's 199. Say he gets up to 200, 201, something like that. And he does hit 4'4'4 at the combine. He does hit 40-inch vertical. You're going to see him 
boom, quick. Because like I said, when you're when you're looking at dudes in this class, it's literally six foot, six foot, five eleven, five eleven, six foot. He's, he's different. The only dude, he's the only yeah. dude that's different out of this entire group. And if he's got that freaky athleticism, I think you're going to see him skyrocket up the overall boards. And now you're talking about teams. You know, once you start getting up into the top twenty. Teams that do need that big play wide receiver. Who needs that big play wide receiver? Chase Claypool's gone from Pittsburgh. I know they got George Pickens in there. Do they compliment the guy on the opposite side when Deontay's gone, et cetera? Uh, Washington could use a big guy on the outside. Uh, New England could use a big guy on the outside. You How go all the Vegas? way up. It's in the top 10, man. Ve- I mean, Vegas is Vegas up there at seven. It's interesting, but I think there's just so much more that Vegas needs. And right. they have Devontae right now. Carolina's and they'll be second the round guys, yeah. right? There'll be a lot of yeah. guys they could hit in the second round. Yeah. If, okay. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that's that's also a thing you have to take into account too is that there's there's a the group at wide receiver is going to be stronger between 20 and 50 than it is between one and 20. And if one of these guys or two of these guys goes up there, like Carolina is another interesting one for me, I think, for Quentin Johnson, because if they get a quarterback in free agency, you could see Carolina going after because Terrace Marshall's been meh, okay, but it's like right. it's DJ Moore. That's it. And if you can put a guy like Quentin Johnson out there that has that freak athleticism, has the size, it takes a little stress off of DJ Moore. Like we saw that Robbie Anderson really couldn't consistently. And you get any any kind of competency at quarterback, which is what we've been waiting for for years. That would be a, a great duo, I think, in Carolina. But it's all dependent on what they're going to do in Carolina. So uh, I think there's a, a couple spots. But like I said, I think the depth that wide receiver is really going to come between 20 and 50 rather than right. 1 and 20 this year. Yeah, that makes sense. You're listening to Cody Carpenter of PlayerProfiler.com. You follow him at Carpenter NFL. And we are counting down the top 10 rookies for Dynasty Fantasy Football. We've already covered uh, B. John Robinson and Jameer Gibbs. And now we're talking about wide receivers. Cody believes that Quentin Johnson of TCU will be the first real-life NFL uh, wide receiver drafted if all his measurables check out. He covered uh, uh, Smith and Jigba uh, from Ohio State. And then that leaves Jordan Addison. Um, yep. You know, I've seen Jordan Addison from USC mocked to the New York Giants, who certainly need wide receiver help. And talking about this veteran class, this wide receiver class is not that heavy. I mean, you know, there's Juju Smith-Schuster, there's DJ Shark. There's not a lot of big names unless someone like a veteran like DeAndre Hopkins is on the move. So Addison looks appealing just based on uh, the, you know, the, the, the top line metrics. Is, is Addison have a chance to, is he the other guy you said in the half PPR format that could be appealing? I, ex- exactly. And and I think he's got great speed. This is a guy that I've told Matt this many times. I said, if Jordan Addison was 195 pounds, if he was the guy that had the Jackson Smith and Jigba frame, he would be the number one hands down in every format, everything, NFL, everything for me. Um, but he's not. He's 175 pounds. He's mm-hmm. very slight. Uh, he's coming in at the, at about the same frame as Devonta Smith. I think he's going to be an inch or two shorter. Um, but I think Jordan Addison is a, is a hands down stud. He was at Pittsburgh in 2020, 60 receptions, 666 yards as a freshman. Then he goes 100 receptions, almost 1,600 with Kenny Pickett last year. Transfers across the country to USC, like literally bang, bang. 60 receptions, 875 yards. He's a stud. He's a, he's a ball player, and he's going to get the job done anywhere he goes. Six foot, 175 is the problem. He's a little undersized, a little slight in the lower half, very slender lower body. Like I said, similar to Devonta Smith, electric route runner, the best route runner in this class, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Uh, sick ability to create yak, even after contact with the small frame. Great awareness, great ability to find the ball in the air. Uh, like I said, if he wasn't 175 pounds, I think he'd be my number one. Even 185, 190 would put him up in that uh, elite hand-eye contact, electric route runner. That's uh, my, my biggest takeaway from Jordan Addison. The route and, running. The route running is the is the big takeaway. All right, that's the problem good. is 
Yeah, the problem is you can't put him up to that level of being like, oh, he's up in the Stefan Diggs. No, 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 no. He's what's 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 a what's a Stefan Diggs light? It's Darnell Mooney. Darnell Mooney, Darnell Mooney plus is kind of where I have Jordan Addison and, and, and Darnell Mooney's a stud, in my opinion. He's just kind of in a weird situation in Chicago. And I think Addison's gonna come in. Uh and Addison's gonna be a stud from day one. So New York Giants, is that a reasonable place to I mean, is he a, I guess really here's my question. Is he a late first round type yeah. of player in your yeah. judgment? Yeah, I think there's some somebody in there is gonna gonna pull the trigger on him, whether it's you know, whether it's Green Bay trying to fill in that Randall Cobb role. Um uh, who else is there? There's uh you said the Giants. I like the Giants. Yeah, yeah Giants. Well. Um Minnesota, about- if if Minnesota moves on from uh Adam Thielen, like there's gonna be a spot there. There's Baltimore obviously Baltimore, needs receiver obviously. help. Yeah. <laughs> Baltimore obviously needs wide receiver help. Um, Buffalo, yeah. obviously they kind of turn style in the slot there uh, with a few guys. They could, they could definitely add a receiver at some point. Can't um, rule out yeah. Kansas city. I mean, Juju's going to be gone. Right. So. Exactly. Can't rule out Kansas city. That's there's a bevy of spots. I think he definitely is a first round pick though. All right. So this is how we're going to, um, how we're going to handle the rest of it. We're going to talk about a few of the, the tight ends, and then we're going to circle back to a super flex conversation to talk about some of the quarterbacks. So tight end wise, I, I mean, you, you've been hearing about it for, you know, for some time now, but Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame, but I've been seeing some buzz now of Dalton Kincaid. Uh, Kincaid he's been pushing up the board, the tight end out of Utah. So are those two your one and two tight ends in some way? Meyer and Kincaid going into the senior bowl is going to be my one, two um, Meyer. Th- there's worry that he's not going to run the fastest. And that obviously leaves, uh, leaves some question. Uh, but there's also uh, Luke Musgrave from Oregon state who didn't do a lot on paper, didn't do a lot on, during the games, but they say he's going to be a freak athlete. He's going to be down there at the senior bowl. It's going to be one of the guys that I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to. to Wh- which one at. is that? You said who Luke Mutz, Luke oh, Musgrave the, at yes, Oregon six, state six, six, two fifty two. Okay. 633 career yards in four seasons at Oregon State. Never crested, you know, he had 304 yards one season. Otherwise, he never crested 200 in the other three years. He's going to be a guy that the athleticism, if it pops, could elevate him to be the number one guy potentially drafted. There's, there's a, the tight end class is strong this year. You mentioned Kincaid, you mentioned Meyer, Luke Musgraves, supposed to be a freak athlete. Darnell Washington uh, from, from Georgia. Uh, Georgia. Right. Massive, massive human being. Like he's literally a NBA center playing on the floor. Uh, <laughs> like he might be 285 pounds, six foot eight. Like Cody, think can, about having a second tackle that can catch the ball on the floor. Can any of these guys go in the first round? Is, is Mayor, is Meyer yeah. a, a first round guy? Yeah. Mayor, Mayor, as far as talent goes, can be a first round guy. Darnell Washington on pure size, pure ability, pure. That's like a projection pick, right? They're projecting that they can get Darnell. He's, he's a little tight in the lower half. He's, he's not the most athletic guy, Darnell. Washington, but he's a huge, huge human. Uh, he's projected to go into the first round as well. And obviously, Luke Musgrave, if the athleticism is there, you can see him pop. But to say that, none of these guys are going top 20, in my opinion. They're, I mean, they're one or two may pop in there between uh, the, the Chargers. I think the Chargers is kind of where you start yeah. looking uh, at 22. How about Jacksonville? Maybe, maybe one or two guys pop in there. Jacksonville, obviously, Ingram's, Ingram's going to get paid. Is he oh, he's an unrestricted free agent, though. I mean, he's yeah. going to get paid yeah. from somewhere. It may not be Jacksonville. Yeah. I hope it's Jacksonville. I that, like him. That's that. the thing, though. He played so good there. Why not? But also, Darnell Washington in Jacksonville. Imagine what they have there. Bringing, you know, Calvin Ridley's going to be in next year. And then you all of a sudden, you just put a six foot eight, 280-pound guy in the middle of the field. Like, hey, Trevor, you're six six. If you don't see anybody else, just hit the tallest guy. In the, just hit the tallest human on the field to where his hands are reaching up to eight foot tall. Just hit him. He's there. No one's going right. to stop you. So any of the so 
uh, if you're in a dynasty rookie draft and you're drafting right yeah. now before these guys are landed, before they tested, which one of the tight ends belongs in the back half of the first round? If any non-premium league, but we all know unless you have Travis Kelsey or just one yeah. or two other guys, you have a problem at tight end every week. So if you're a tight end, if you're a team that needs a tight end or any of these guys worth pick 110, 111, 112 in your judgment right now? No, no, I think you don't talk about tight end. Like I said, these guys, I don't think any of these guys are on that Kelsey, that Andrews, uh, that Hawkinson level. Okay. Um, Mayor, if Mayor was running a four six, I'd say Mayor would be in more discussion to be up there. You know, maybe, hey, maybe Washington, maybe Green Bay up into the teens, something like that. But because of that, because that you don't even know which guy's really going to be the first one off the board. Like I haven't even brought up mm-hmm. Tucker Kraft from South Dakota State. He's an early declare from FCS school. Like there's a bevy of guys here where there's no need to be like, oh, I'm going to go draft Kyle Pitts top 10 in, in the NFL draft. So then it's going to force him up boards in fantasy naturally. I don't think you really have to talk about tight end until you get midway into the second round just because of the depth of the position and because people are going to be so all over the board with all of these guys. All right. So if you're in a, a dynasty startup draft and it has yeah. the undrafted rookies in there right now, your top tight end on the board versus someone like Trey McBride, who do you think is a better pick at this point? Um, ooh, that's a good question. That's a really good question. Because that's know. last year's tight end one. That's yeah. you know he went in the second round. Uh, he flashed at the end of the season. He didn't do much until then. Goal. So yep. is it so? Is it a fifty fifty call at this point? I mean, it's a fifty fifty call. But I think I would lean more McBride in those okay. last starts because McBride's got the season in because we've seen a little bit from McBride. Uh, he's shown the ability to do the job. Uh, obviously, the Arizona kind of getting blown up hurts, but uh, I think as far as talent goes. It's what you what you know. We know what we know with Trey McBride. And a lot of these guys, like I said, there's a lot of depth in this class at tight end. And it wouldn't hurt me if I missed out on Musgrave, missed out on Kincaid, and I got Kraft. Or I missed, you know, and missed out on Meyer and got Kincaid. Whatever. It's yeah, I think these guys are pretty interchangeable outside of Musgrave if he has that freak athleticism. All right, so let's switch over to conversation before we get into some of the other depth uh, guys. Uh, we're going to keep this podcast nice and tight since this is a first pass at this, and you're going to be you know, plowing over the stuff a lot. So I, I love capturing your opinion in January. Again, I'm here with Cody Carpentier. You follow him at Carpentier NFL. Everything's linked in the video description below. If you love videos like this, please consider hitting the like button, subscribe to the channel. I'm Alan Soslowski of Rotowire, and we are counting down Cody Carpentier's top 10 rookies for Dynasty Fantasy Football Cody, super flex leaks. Okay. We're going to, you know, this quarterback class was touted, but I guess how many of these quarterbacks can go in the first round? I'm just going to read down the obvious tier one. I know that you could break these guys into, you know, in order, but Bryce Young out of Alabama, CJ Stroud, Ohio State, Will Levis, who's been rising out of Kentucky, Anthony Richardson out of Florida. Are those the only quarterbacks that you believe have a chance to go in the first round of the NFL draft? Do, Do one of them not belong? No, that's your four. That's okay. that's your four guys. Those four guys, I think right now, based on what I've read, based on you know, people I've talked to, based on things I've listened to, those are the four guys that are going to go in the first round. Those are the four guys that can go in the first round, and those are the four, four guys that will go in the first round. And it's pretty clean cut and clear unless something bad happens over the course of the next month and a half. Um, I know obviously last year we talked about all those guys naturally going up, but that was just a, not a great class. Uh, Hendon Hooker's the one guy that – could have and would have probably put himself into first round uh, conversation had he the, not torn his ACL, but he's 25 he's a quarterback towards ACL from Tennessee. He's at the Tennessee quarterback, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, correct. and he tore his ACL. Yeah. Nice. He tore his ACL the late part of the season and he's 25 years old tore his ACL. Like it's, it was, it was looking great. He was, I mean, he was in Heisman conversation and then 
obviously the injury happened, so it kind of took him completely out of it. But he did accept uh, an invite to go to the Senior Bowl. Uh, he's not going to be playing, obviously, because he's fresh off an ACL about four months, but uh, he's going to be at the Senior Bowl doing interviews and things like that. So shout out to him for doing that. Okay, so now let's talk about the two at the top. Let's talk about Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Now, there's well, a simple yes or no here. Are those your top two? No. Okay, so who's your who's it? Give, let's start with your order. Order these guys one through four. In fantasy, or we're talking fantasy? Fantasy right? football. Okay, fantasy football. Uh, Anthony Richardson's number one. Will Will Levis is number two. C.J. Stroud's number three. Bryce Young is number four. So basically, I had to do a handstand, a uh, stand on my head in order to get the order right. Now, I want to remind everybody, when Matt Corral last year was the consensus QB1, Cody came on this very podcast and said, whoa, 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 Kenny Pickett, right, for fantasy yeah. football. So I- I'm listening. You have my attention. Why is Richardson uh, the number one uh, option for fantasy football, even though he could be QB4 in this draft, still drafted in the first round? Yeah, I mean, you're playing fantasy football for upside. You're playing fantasy football for game-breaking. You're playing fantasy football to have guys in your team that are going to score 30, 35 consistently. And who's doing that right now? It's Josh Allen. It's Justin Fields when he's playing. It's Jalen Hurts. It's Mahomes. It's her, It's guys that have that freak athleticism, have that freaky arm talent, and have that freaky size. 6'4", 232 with a guy that can run a 4'4", and he runs the ball like Lamar Jackson. He throws it with uh, the tenacity of Cam Newton with the arm of Josh Allen. And, and my, my, my play style comp, like I said, it's all over the board, but it's it's Colin Kaepernick and Cam Newton combined. And his arm, he, he's got the second best arm in this class as far as arm strength goes behind Will Levis, who I'll talk about in a minute. But as far as fantasy football goes, this guy's 21.6 years old. He's young. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. And he I thought he should have went back for one more year to Florida, but he comes out, he's gonna be a top 20 pick. If he goes to a place like Detroit, you're gonna be hard pressed not to be taking this guy first off the board in fantasy football because Detroit's gonna add weapons, but Detroit is building a unit. And as far as running the ball goes, you turn the tape on with him for a minute and a half. That's all you need to see. That's all you need to see. Dynamite, dynamite arm, dynamite rushing. The problem is you can't hit the broadside of a barn sometimes. Why but, do you say that he should have gone back though? What what was he, he why do you need, he, like I said? He, sometimes he can't hit the broadside of a barn, but that takes progression. I mean, we saw it with Lamar Jackson. He wasn't the most uh, accurate quarterback when he came out, but the legs were just different. And it's gonna it might take him six weeks, eight weeks to play. You know, Justin Fields didn't get pushed into play right away, uh, and and now we saw at the latter half of last season. If you had Justin Fields in fantasy, you're pretty damn happy. And sometimes it takes these guys a little bit of time. And I think this class overall, it's definitely not what it was. You know, every year it feels like this. It's it like, never oh, next is. Year, next next year's class is better, yeah. and then it comes up. And it's like this class is kind of kind of not that good. And well, everyone said about twenty two yeah. that it wasn't good. And meanwhile, nobody busted in the first round. Like you could look at, at ADP. Doesn't matter yeah. what position. I, I can't think of any single player that you're you're pissed off that you took. Maybe Sky Moore, and there's still a lot of hope for Sky Moore. That's exactly. the only player that you're like, ah, I landed on yeah. the one, you know, yeah. the one landmine. So, all right. So this is a hot, you know, not even a hot take because there's no takes developed yet, but it's against yeah. consensus. I like that there. You could even see that if if Baltimore is forced to move on from Lamar and, and gets a yes. bucket load of pick, that's an easy replacement right there. Yes, 100%. Okay. All right. Talk about the, the, again, the, the problem is with this is that everyone's going to hear this and they're going to go, Who the, why is this guy saying Anthony Richardson, Levis, Stroud, Young, when people know, and again, I know this. Young is the most talented quarterback of this entire group. But when we get to Young, I'll talk about him. But yes, Anthony well, Richardson I mean, is number one for me in fantasy. Let's do it now. I mean, Young is, was he going to measure it at 5'9", 5'10"? We've already seen this not work more than it's work. So, the, you know, everyone knows the upside of, of Bryce Young. You know, crap on him. Give me the the the, the anti-case for, for Young, especially if he's drafted by Houston at pick two. I love I love Bryce Young. Don't get me wrong. I love Bryce Young. The talent is is undeniable. It's easy to say that he is the most talented arm in this class. Talented arm. Again, I'm going to throw away throw around different words for each player. Talented arm for Bryce Young, the most talented. But his knowledge for processing and feeling the pocket breakdown should be a larger point. He's great at that. Great at kind of moving around in offense. His ability to take a hit in college from SEC defenders obviously was great. But that frame, like I said, that frame is looking at 190 right now. Is he going to be able to drink enough water and eat enough potatoes the week before, the day before the the combine to weigh in at 200 pounds and then not run and then lose 15 pounds and then run at his combine or at his pro day. And then like, they're going to play these these gymnastics with us through this whole process. But we need to understand that Bryce young is a 190 pound quarterback. We haven't seen a quarterback come into the NFL. The height doesn't really matter. Five eleven, five ten, six foot doesn't, really you don't matter. think that matters. You Not as much matters. as the frame. We, we've mm-hmm. seen the Russes. We've seen the breezes. We've seen the Kyler's do good enough in the NFL with the height. It's more about the frame than anything, because when you look at him, he's not, uh, he does not have, what you would say is, oh, he's got the the frame to put on weight and be 205, 210 pounds. He just doesn't have that frame. He's got the frame. Is there anyone, Cody, has there ever been a, a quarterback in the last 25 years that has had this frame that's had some success in, in the NFL? 
well, you said 20, 25 years. 35 uh, years? I mean, you, you the, mess, I was going to say, you, you remember yeah, you remember this more than I do. Doug Flutie? Of course. Okay, so Flutie. Flutie. Going back, yeah. That's, that's yeah. the only comp. That's the only comp in the system where it's like, and it's not even like a comp because the, the talents are different, but yeah. 5'10", 180 for Doug Flutie. And obviously he was drafted in like the 11th round back in 1985 or something like that. And then he like 11th round, right? It's funny. It didn't even exist. Right. And that, and then now like he, he burnt out of the NFL in five years, went to the Canadian football league and then came back at 35, 36, whatever the hell it was like, yeah. that's not a comp. It's more so just like, that's literally how big he is. There's been yeah, no, so this decides, is decides to do anything since that. If Bryce Young is successful, especially as a top five NFL pick, QB one off the board, yeah. this is going to be it's 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 uh, uncharted it's territory. So and, that's and, unfair. So, yeah, and and the thing is, is with we're talking fantasy right now, is particularly like as far as the NFL goes, he's got the number, he's the pure talent. If you know, so if if I was to tell you, hey, Alan, I'm going to give you all the resources in the world, go build the best offensive line you can possibly build. I don't care how much it costs. You have a billion dollars to build it. Okay, cool. Then I'm going to say, okay, give me Bryce Young, NFL, he's going to be awesome. But even then, I wouldn't feel great in fantasy because in fantasy, you want the rushing. In fantasy, you got to have the weapons around you. In fantasy, like there's multiple things that go into it health, like multiple. That's why Bryce falls all the way to the bottom of these four guys for me because we're talking fantasy and I want health. I want rushing. I want upside. I want big arm. And he kind of lacks most of those things. All right. But uh, as we're moving at a lightning's pace, I love it. Let's talk about Will Levis. The uh, He's the more of the prototypical size, the, the quarterback from Kentucky, right? Yeah. This is my NFL quarterback one, has been my NFL quarterback one since pre, uh, pre-22 season. A lot of people are like, well, you know, he didn't really take a take a step up this year. Agreed, 100%. Didn't take a step up. He lost Wondell Robinson to the NFL draft. Didn't take a step up. Continued on his 66% uh, completion percentage uh, rate from last year. Didn't suppress 3,000 yards passing. And then again, didn't have a two to one touchdown to interception ratio where you're going to see that consistently from you know some lesser guys that are six to one, five to one through their career, 24 touchdowns, 13 picks, 19 touchdowns, 10 picks. Will Levis is more a projection than he is saying today. He's going to come to the NFL. And he's going to start from day one. He can, he's six, three, two He's got the body. He's got the frame. He's got the arm strength. The easy throws are just too easy across the middle quadrants of the field, crossing patterns in outs release. Everything is pure, but he can get, he can get almost like uh, he can get almost like too, too, too ready to make a play. Kentucky mm-hmm. hasn't been good. He, he He's always been down 10, 15 points and doesn't always have the most talent on the field. Young and Stroud, you can use that in the conversation. I I try not to, but sometimes you have to bring it up and be like, you know, he just didn't have any weapons. He's got Barry and Brown, but you don't even know who that is. And it's like you have to sometimes force a ball into a spot you don't want to force a ball into. And more often than not, he can get the ball there. It's just sometimes that it ends up getting picked or getting tipped away or whatever it may be. Will Levis has the intangibles to do it. He's almost he's going to be 24 years old when the season starts. That's why people are kind of turning away from him a little bit more as well. He's going to be two and a half years older than all these other three guys. Um, but as far as pure arm strength, nobody in the class can do what he can do on multiple occasions, including against Florida. You turn the tape on 64 yards. I just tweeted this out the other day. 64 yards in the air, double coverage, no crow hop, standing still, pure arm strength. 64 wow. yards on the dime hit on the, on the, you know, on the end zone touchdown against Florida. Nobody else attempts these because it's, it's a danger play. Most, most times the ability to complete these throws is, is, you know, 25%, 30%, um, you know, chances 65 yards downfield. Nobody can even get the ball that far anyway, but um, 
as far as pure talent goes, pure projection, a lot of people bringing up uh, Justin Herbert and uh, Josh Allen for him. Okay, okay. I, he I'm more have the mobility though, right? He's not a mobile. He's, he's guy. got he he can move. He can move. He's mm-hmm. just he's just going to be slower. That's the thing. Like I, I have Justin Fields with a four seven four. Justin Fields ran a four four four. I have Justin Fields with a four seven four. Okay. You saw what Justin Fields did. Obviously, when you bring that up, that means that Will Levis can run the ball. He can run very competently, very good. He's like almost like a, how Ben Roethlisberger was mobile, but he didn't try to run. Like he was he was able to escape. That's I a, mean. That's a great comp, but the thing is that that Ben looked more stiff. Will Levis yeah. has the athleticism, has the shoulders, has the lower body that that isn't tight, kind of like how Ben was. But the arm talent as well, the arm, the big arm like Ben, yeah, that's that's a good comp as well. But right. he he, but you can't. He's got great rushing. That's kind of why I brought Justin Fields into it. But he's just going to run slower. Right. Okay. So I'm looking down the board. Washington at 16. Uh, a a, a Brady list Tampa at 19. Is this kind of the sweet spot here? Is this? Do those I teams? Think, I don't. I don't think he falls. Uh, I don't think any of these four guys uh, fall past 11. Right. But at least th- those guys, the those two teams I uh, identified, yeah. they have they can move up. You can move yeah. from 18, yeah. 19 to 11. Yeah. It's hard to move from 19 to one unless you're yeah. you're ready to put the whole team on the credit yeah. card. Yep. So. Yep. Agreed. All right. All right. Let's talk CJ Stroud. He seems to, I, I don't, you know, just from the, the, the highlights and the games I've saw him in, he looks perfectly fine to me. I mean, I, I mean, I don't put him in as an elite prospect, but if I'm a team like Indianapolis at four, I'm happy to get him. So tell me why I'm wrong. You're not wrong. Perfectly oh, fine. Good. Perfect. Perfectly fine. I think is, is, I couldn't have asked you for a better, you know, walk descriptive, <laughs> descriptive for, for CJ Stroud. I couldn't have asked you for a better one because uh, through his entire career, he's looked one way. The final game uh, in the semifinal, he looked another way. He kind of showed something that he hasn't shown before, uh, a different level, I guess, of, of play, but perfectly fine. That def- For me, that defines Teddy Bridgewater. Those that remember Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater is perfectly fine. Teddy Bridgewater could win you 10 games. Teddy Bridgewater could keep your team competent. He's a great team builder, a great person to build around, and and that's kind of how C.J. Stroud plays, and that's that's my play style comp right there is, is Teddy Bridgewater. And I, that's not a bad thing. People are going to say, well, Teddy Bridgewater isn't even doing anything right now. He's the third string in Miami and da-da-da-da-da. I mean, Pre-injury, whole... though, Teddy Bridgewater was a player that you were you were happy to build your team around. Pre-injury, Teddy Bridgewater went to the playoffs with the Vikings, and that year that he got hurt, that team was that team was going up. And that, I mean, Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater was a stud coming out of Louisville. Teddy, two yeah. gloves. Uh, pure pure <laughs> thrower from the front pump. He's, he's getting a regular front pump throw. Uh, quick delivery, quick release, ability to keep plays alive, keep his eyes downfield, uh, consistent spot thrower, acknowledging you know where the player should be. Uh, good and bad thing because you know sometimes the player might alter a route, move a different direction, but he kind of can kind of consistently stays on where he's supposed to be. Um, I kind of nicknamed him CDC while I was doing some charting, and that's check down Charlie because he tended ah. to, can, tended to to hit those checkdowns consistently, which again isn't a bad thing, but. No. You know, in the NFL, that's literally what the, these these quarterbacks that are scared to make the big play consistently. Like I'm saying, like when I talk about Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, guys that you know played and grew up in situations where you needed to make that big play didn't have a problem doing it. Guys that had the talent around them, and they're like, well, I don't have to push the ball because I know you know we'll be fine as an offense. Took they take those checkdowns. Um, the toughest prospect to diagnose for me uh, as CJ Stroud. Nobody had more talent around him than Stroud in 2021, 2022. That's kind of part of that process because he's consistently throwing to top 10 talents at the wide receiver right. position. Um, I think he's yeah, yeah. Harrison, Olave, Wilson, and Jigba. Egbuka, uh, who's going to come out next year as well with Harrison. Uh, Stroud's going to play for 10. He might play the longest out of the four guys. 
right? Because, uh, right. again, we're projecting with Levis. We're projecting with Richardson. Bryce Young obviously has his size situation. Stroud might be the guy that lasts the longest out of these four. Again, right. so for fantasy years. football and dynasty draft, it's not it, it's not unreasonable if you if Bijan's off the board and you're just taking best player available and you want a quarterback, what you're, you're thinking upside with Richardson? I can't convince I, you. There's yeah, no way I'm I mean, you. there's there's really not the reason there's no convincing is because there's no rushing also for Stroud. Right. That's the big All problem. Right. Like, there's let no me reframe the question then, Cody. If this year, if somehow you ended up with pick six because your top six is a lottery. Yep. There's a chance Stroud falls to you once yep. all, all this shakes out, and you're like, wow, I just got a starting quarterback that's insulated in the yep. first round of my rookie draft in the middle of it. Yeah, that would be, okay. yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't, I, I'm not going to not take him. If he falls to me and I have a situation where I need a quarterback because Stroud's a guy that can come in and play right away, I think um, the problem is, like I said, there's just no legs, and I think there's a couple of intangibles to play around. He, the, the upside just isn't there for me. But I, okay. I think, like you, like you said, you, you know what you're getting with him. That's that's the one thing. The, 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 the reason these other guys, and I should keep hammering this, the reason that these other guys are ahead of him is because you don't quite know what they are. Will Levis could be Blake Bortles, but he could also be better than Josh Allen. Blake Bortles that's, wasn't bad for fantasy, by the way. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> right, the okay. ability is, is more so than anything. You know, that's, that's yeah. I, I just, it's, I, I mean, I work for an analytical website. I'm going to lean more towards the guys that have the athleticism, have the big arms, have the talent, uh, and have the upside, and that's natural. But I'm not saying C.J. Stroud's bad. He's just – Teddy Bridgewater's a great quarterback. You just know what he is, and he just doesn't have the seal. Right. That's my point. Okay, so that's a guy that's going to get you, like, if he gets a starting job and he's in a competent system, you're going to get your 18 to 21 fantasy points from him uh, pretty regularly with, like, a floor of, like, 15, 16, and maybe a couple 303 type of weeks. Like, you know, he's, yep. he's going to be – probably perennial uh, you know like a qb14 in most rankings and redraft rankings once he catches his stride okay I, I like that and and you and in super flex leagues just remember everybody that you want a high floor quarterback as your qb2 not everyone i mean i have a couple teams sure that have mahomes and jalen hurts yeah that's great but a lot of times you have your you know you have justin herbert and then you're just like piecing it together with like Derek carr and and you know th that thing's balls apart if you can get a high that's i believe I believe your QB2 and Superflex, you want high floor, not necessarily high upside. Again, everyone's got to make the decisions for their own teams. That's how I play it. All right, we, uh, Cody, it's, it's almost an hour already. So I just want to hit on a couple guys uh, that would round out uh, the top 12. And I'll just throw some names out to you. And one, you'll just, one, tell me if you believe, uh, where you believe they'll get drafted, and then you can give me your one or two lines on them. Someone that, I, that caught my eye was, uh, was Tucker, Sean Tucker out of Syracuse, the running back. Uh, in my early just kind of jotting everything down, I put him as the third running back. I, when I'm looking around some of the consensus rankings, he's a little bit lower than that. So where do you have Tucker as far as the running back rankings? And is he a third-round running back in the real NFL draft? Where, where do you see him? Yeah, I think he's going to be somewhere between the third and fifth. It all depends on okay. testing for me. Uh, 5'10", 210. Uh, he doesn't play like he's 210. He plays like he's about 200. Mm -hmm. um, I had uh, He's targeted often downfield, and, and the team trusts him in the receiving skills. Like He's consistently targeted downfield. Great ability when the ball is in the air and his direction stays fluid, uh, which you don't usually see from a running back. Great lower body strength and elusiveness. Uh, he can get bullied in the passing game a little bit, unlike Jameer Gibbs like we talked about earlier. Like I said, listed at 210. Plays like around 200 pounds. Um, he plays with a quick, quick size. Seems closer to Austin Eckler, uh, more so than like Eric Gray, also in this class. At one time, Tucker was talked about with conversation of being the number four in this class. Like it was like Tank Bigsby, Bijan, Gibbs. Who's going to so be number one? Is Tank Tucker your? 
is Tank your RB three? No, or Tank's not. But but the, okay, the Tank's Tank's a little bit. Uh, he's he's these guys are all literally like point two points apart from each other. All, so they're like, all tiered. So after the first yeah. two, you know what? Let let me position like this uh, just to keep it tight. So you yeah. have your you have your two running backs in tier one. Who are the how many running backs are in that second tier for you? <laughs> this class, man, at, at running back, this class is strong at running back. Tier tier one for me is Bijan Gibbs. Bijan, right. Jameer Gibbs from Alabama, Kendra Miller from TCU is oh, at wow. number three. And then that next tier, like you just mentioned, has a, a, a boatload of guys right now. So um, can we hold on a second? Let's not gloss over this. You have Miller, who, again, when I jotted him down, I had him at yeah. seven. So, yep. And again, I, I haven't done the deep dive. I'm just doing some, some glossing yeah. over. So uh, Miller at a TCU, you have yep. him as the clear three? I have him as, as, you know, as far as NFL goes, I have him as number two. But, yeah, in fantasy, oh. I have him number three behind Jameer. All right. All right. All right. Who's um who's a player at wide receiver or at running back that you believe will be drafted in the top 12 of fantasy drafts that we haven't talked about yet? Ooh, that's a good question. That's a good question. I mean, maybe it was Miller. Um, is it is it I, Zach? Say, okay, Zach? I'm gonna go with these guys. I'm gonna go with these two guys. One, I'm gonna bring up this name just because it has to be talked about on, on all these rookie shows. Keishan Butte. There's a situation right now off field uh, with a party that happened in Atlanta. We don't really know from an NFL perspective where they see him. He right, hasn't so just been locked in the first two rounds of a lot of guys' drafts. He's a wide receiver from LSU that was – he's six foot 195. He was the consensus number one guy the last two years coming from LSU. He played with Chase, played with Jefferson. Stud. We don't know where he's – we don't know where the NFL views him right now, so he's a guy that you're going to see probably the most fluctuation dependent on the NFL draft is Keishon Butte. But the two guys, like to answer your question, Alan, that I want to talk about, Josh Downs, wide receiver, mm-hmm. North Carolina, 5'10", 180, and Zay Flowers, Boston College, wide receiver, 5'11", 180. These guys, I put it out last night on Twitter. Cody, Spider-Man, while you're doing that, I'm, that's, there's that? someone knocking right here. Just keep going. You're good. And I'm like, two seconds, two seconds. You're good. Josh Downs. North Carolina, Zay Flowers, Boston College, Spider-Man meme at the NFL Combine. These guys are going to walk in, and they're going to see each other, and they're going to be like, hey, didn't I? Yeah, you saw me in the mirror last night. They're literally the same player. They get the ball into their hand. Your goal is to get the ball into their hands. Burst is elite. Great body control will not be in the biggest player. Uh, They can create two-plus, three-plus yards of separation uh, consistently. Smaller frame, like I mentioned, but they tended to get banged up and miss games was uh, Josh Downs. Zay Flowers, on the other hand, consistently stayed on the field. Uh, Professional route runners with elite burst and separation. Zay Flowers uh, had him comp to Elijah Moore from a play style comparison, and Josh Downs. I wrote I wrote both these guys really reminded me of like a Deontay Johnson plus because their, their speed, their quickness, and their burst in and out of breaks is uncanny, and their ability to to play in their return game. Zay Flowers and Josh Downs, like I said, Spider Man mean back back to back, Jalen mm. Waddle, Elijah Moore level talents. That, Where's Flowers? Uh, Where did he go to school? Boston College. Boston College. Okay. All right. All right. So those two guys that you think could end up being. Uh, you, do you think they'll be drafted in the first round? Or is that that huge tier of second round wide receivers we talked about earlier? That's, that's, yeah, those guys are those guys are second round wide receivers in the NFL draft. But I think okay. they're gonna they're gonna be in conversation for that in one QB that 10, 11, 12 spot. All right. I mean, Cody, I can listen to you do this for 10 hours, uh, but I, you know, you're always generous with your time for Rotowire. You know how much we love you over here. Follow Cody. Listen, if you like rookie and dynasty stuff. 
there and you're not following Cody, you're just doing it wrong. So at Carpentier NFL, it, all his information is linked in the video description below. Go over to playerprofiler.com, uh, sign up for their dynasty package. Uh, right now, also, if you want to check out Rotowire, you can see behind our paywall for free, rotowire.com forward slash try. Cody, you're going to be down live tweeting, I'm assuming, from the Senior Bowl. Uh, obviously, uh, at the Super Bowl, tell everyone else anything else that you're trying to promote right now. Yes, over the next few weeks, I'll be traveling to the Senior Bowl down in Mobile, Alabama with the Roster Watch guys, and the Podfather's going to be joining me. And then the Super Bowl, uh, back-to-back trips. You can follow all that stuff along the lines. The behind-the-scenes footage will be on patreon.com forward slash Carpentier NFL. I'll be live-tweeting some stuff, uh, really conversating through that whole thing. The My NFL Mock Draft 2.0 is going to be coming out on Wednesday. Our player profiler rookie guide that's going to have 420 L evaluations is going to be coming out on February 20th. Uh, that's going to be across every position uh, in football for the NFL draft. So you can check out it in that. And then, yeah, everything else you can find me on Twitter at Carpentier NFL. And you'll, you'll link your uh, mock drafts to your Twitter profile, like, like Correct. your Twitter profile like you did last year. And then what we'll yep. do is if you're watching this video and it's a couple and we're into February, cause some of these videos, they, you know, they're evergreen content. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll put it in the video description here as well. All right, Cody, you did it again, man. We appreciate you. And also, just a, another just little quick promotional note here that the Dynasty Hour, our new show on SiriusXM, is available. If you have SiriusXM, just go on the app and type in the Dynasty Hour. Uh, we have two episodes up there. We're talking Dynasty Fantasy Football, and we're going to be putting two more up. Cody will eventually, when we can lock him down, be on that show as a guest co-host. And every week, we'll be back with a new Dynasty Fantasy Football episode on the Rotowire uh, Fantasy Football Podcast. Get in some startups. Get into start doing some trading. You love Dynasty. We love Dynasty. We'll see you next week, everybody. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>